0: My name's Kendra Houseman from Out of the Shadows, and you're about to listen to a series of interviews that took place over nine months. I want to know what life would be like for a child that had been through domestic abuse, parental mental health, poverty, and exploitation, to name a few. What would happen if we created a team, an army almost, to support that child? 28 people were interviewed, all with the same question in mind. What could have been different for child B? You're about to listen to Blondie's people, So follow us on our journey where I will speak to everyone from George the Poet to some of my good friends as we discover what it takes to become one of Blondie's people. Within these episodes you will find answers, you will find guidance and most of all you will find an insight to a world that many do not know. There's a trigger warning for some of these episodes and some of them are not child friendly. We're going to talk about things that are very, very raw and real. So kick back and get ready for a journey, a journey you will not forget welcome to Blondie's People. Welcome to episode 18 of Blondie's People and today we're going to speak to two guests, Kate and Nina, who make up Bird Podcast. Bird Podcast gives a voice to those who maybe wouldn't have a voice. Prisons, youth clubs, yacht, whatever it is, these two ladies go out there and make sure that a voice is given. And for many of our young people, including Blondie, The voice is often lost. So listen to the journey they've been on. Listen to the podcast they've created. And afterwards, please make sure you go and follow their podcast as you listen to other people talk about their own stories, inspirations and the way they've navigated their way through life. May I introduce to you, Bert. Um, my name's Kendra Houseman, and these interviews are for Blondie's people. People that I am um, inspired to be like now, but also people they've been there for me when I was younger and had a big impact. I always ask the same question. Oh, we've got two, so who are you and what are you doing now? Let's start with Kate.
1: So, my name's Kate, um, I'm a yacht worker. Um, I've already had an interview with Kendra about yachts, so you can check that out.
2: Um, I'm one half of Bird podcast. Yes! Who are you? I'm Nina. So um, my day job is as a designer. So I work for an environmental tech company um, who works really to help the national grid be green. So very different to the criminal justice system, yeah. but I'm the other half of the podcast. And we collectively aim to demystify the criminal justice system in the UK. And try and highlight previously unheard voices. Okay, so tell
0: me where Bird um, come from. We kind of heard that from Kate in the video but if no one's ever seen that video, where did it come from? Why did you want to do it?
2: So I think me and Kate spoke about it for, we're speaking about it for a long time and for me uh, we, we were housemates and Kate used to kind of come home from work and tell me stories about her day job when she used to work in a prison and her, her life as a social worker and i just knew from being working in design that that was just something that your average pers- person just wouldn't be aware of and wouldn't have any idea at all about so what kind of seemed like a normal story to kate was would be quite shocking or quite reveal into somebody who didn't work in that system so we decided after kind of talking about a few different ideas that a podcast would be the best way to start telling the stories because we knew that they needed to be told and it felt like an easy, easy way to access content and to share it to um, people quickly and between us we kind of had the shared skills of interviewing, Kate had the domain knowledge of being a social worker and I had some technical skills with, in terms of editing so together it sort of felt like a podcast was the right way to go. And as I say, it made sense to be about the stuff that Kate was telling me about and try and aim it at an audience that maybe hadn't heard it before. And so talk about your aim. Is your
0: aim always been the same? So you say you to demystify what it looks like with the criminal justice system, which it does. But let's pretend I've never seen any of your podcasts. Why is that your aim? Why does that matter?
1: I think like there's such a massive um stigma around people involved in in, in kind of criminal justice in general, and we wanted to basically show the, the the human side to those stories. We wanted to show that kind of positive change can come come from the criminal justice system, but also acknowledge that there are areas that that do need to be improved, so a, a focus of the podcast is to look at solutions and think about what is working well and 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 how can we kind of build on that so it's about kind of as Nina said it may be aiming at an audience who don't really know much about that um and kind of doing like a general kind of education as well around, around the criminal justice system I and mean, we just want to essentially highlight people's voices which they wouldn't normally hear about they wouldn't normally hear those stories and actually some of those stories are amazing and really inspiring and uplifting um so you know we kind of hope that really kind of educates people and makes them maybe change that their maybe percept <coughs> change their perception or maybe like their preconceived ideas about what it might look like if you are involved in the criminal justice system
2: yeah, yeah.
0: so what kind of people have you interviewed then
2: all sorts of yeah, people, lot, so of people who, I, yeah. I think yeah the, the important thing to say is that you know when we started this we didn't know where it was going to mm. go so the, so the original aim was just to start it and that was already a big enough thing to do so um what we try to do is get a balanced view um around a specific topic so um in pre- previous episodes our first ever episode was about mental health yep. and so then we had somebody who'd served time um, Dave, who's our kind of biggest, biggest fan now, first ever <laughs> guest and, and biggest advocate of Bird Podcast. Um, and we also had a mental health nurse just to get that other side, other side as well. Um, and so what we like to do is kind of build, build a picture from different points of view. So you've got yep. that kind of rounded view. And we definitely knew that we didn't want to put our opinion out there mm-hmm. because we're not the people to tell that story. It's the people who've lived it and the people who do that every day. So facilitate that really.
1: Yeah, I think, like, we've had, like, in terms of people that we've interviewed, like, we always try and include someone who's have, had that lived experience. So whether it's someone that has, has been to prison themselves, or maybe their family member has, or they've been involved in the criminal justice system in a different type of way. Because it's those voices and those experiences which are so valuable, and it's those things that we really learn from. So to have their voices maybe kind of like the central one, even though we like Nina said, we we have other opinions, it's really important that their voice and their experiences is, is heard and shared. That lived experience
0: is something that we're trying to promote with Blondie's people. I'm trying to show there's all different parts of it, but that lived experience really gives us a different flavour on it, doesn't it, really? So what have you the themes? Have you seen any themes come out of, of the shows that you're doing? Is there something that's always there, that's always talked about? Like for me in, in um, child protection, it's lack of communication. It's always there. It's always present. So how about the stuff that you're doing?
2: I think for us that, uh, certainly for me, because I, again, was brand new to this kind of thing. Yeah. So the thing that I found was that I just don't think I ever realised the complexity behind the, the needs of the people who we spoke to. Yeah. So I think that the key theme for me was kind of there's always a root cause or a reason why somebody is in in that situation. And I think that's something that is completely unknown to people. You know, the assumption that people who go to prison are bad is, is such a strong one. And I think for me, it was just understanding that there isn't one reason behind it, but there always is a reason. And it's often multiple reasons and they're very complex. So that for me was a key theme that came out.
1: Yeah, I think another theme is kind of hope, like, you know, like, like, in kind of like my job or as a society, we really need to be hopeful about the future. And like, you know, hopefully we kind of showcase that change is possible for people. Like we hear some really amazing stories about you know guys and women who've done like a long time in prison but have come out and have really like made significant changes and gone on to be like you know do amazing things and really help like more people and in- inspire other people and I think like those stories and that hope is just really kind of benef- beneficial for society especially like at the moment in this current climate like those kind of positive stories are really yeah. nice to hear.
2: Yeah I st- certainly the the level of resilience that we've seen in people is inspiring you know it, it puts your own life into perspective massively just in terms of how lucky you are you might you might not even appreciate some a simple thing in your life and then we'll go and do a bird interview and be like okay we don't have to be as stressed about something um that we thought we we had to be so yeah it definitely keeps that perspective for sure
0: the reason i i want you involved is for two reasons so as as me kendra now i've done my first ever podcast with you guys and i remember you approached me and i was so shocked i was like what why 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 do you want to talk to me for i didn't get it and then we spoke on the phone i didn't even know what would happen and when i hear when well, i'm gonna put my episode in our blog but when i heard myself speaking back it was so empowering because it weren't just me there were these other voices talking about gangs and these People that I respected were talking and saying what I had said and believed the same things, but yet we'd not spoken in the same room. So I don't know if you ever knew what you did, but you made me stop feel like I was going mad because I was like, oh, oh, then people feel like that as well. And then there's another part of it because um, I struggle. My dad was in prison my whole life and I haven't got a good. I didn't have a good relationship with him. And listening to your podcast and speaking with people like David has shown me that actually Men going through the prison, prison system, not just men, but men going through the prison system, when they leave families behind, they have to sort of switch off. I could never get why my dad didn't really bother with us, but he just kind of switched off. So you've educated me, if you know what I mean. But then as a child, as Blondie, if somebody had given me the opportunity to have a voice or show me your podcast, I, my head would have been blown. So, so that's why I have to have you here. Do you get feedback about the impact of your of what you do your podcast and people talk about it afterwards
2: yeah and I think we never quite expected the impact that it would have had you know the expectation we had was like we'll put it out there maybe 100 people will listen and we'll yes. be really happy if 100 people yes listen. you told me that um and recently we just had our 10, 10 people have listened to it which is incredible so and I think what's been really clear is that, you know, from the outset, we're saying, okay, well, we want to educate people who haven't maybe had exposure to this yes. kind of criminal justice system. But what's actually happened is all these spin off things have, have occurred where people involved in the podcast have really got something out of it. Certainly, when we went into um, Pentonville to, to work on a podcast with the guys in there, that in itself was almost like a rehabilitative activity mm-hmm. for them and the powerful nature of it kind of really came to light when we had the listening party there so we were really nervous because you could feel the energy in the room you know sometimes where you can feel energy in the room so we're playing it and we're like terrified that it's not going to work and it's not going to play and we had the speaker in the middle of this massive biggest room probably in Pensonville, like the boardroom and it was just silent as the podcast was playing. Can you imagine like your own work is there and we know all the things that have gone into it and listen to it with them and seeing the guy's reaction. It was so emotional and so powerful. And I think that's when we realized that it was sort of more than a podcast and more than a piece of work. And it actually had a lot of different facets in terms of what, what, how powerful it can be for someone to hear their own voice back and hear something put together and, and hear those different points of view i don't know about you. yeah but.
1: definitely like i think that so uh, since we did that episode obviously like we've, we've stayed in touch with pentonville with and you know we know that guys who took part in that podcast have then kind of got gone on in, in different groups to speak about it and speak about how that like they felt it was like essentially like a stepping stone yes. for them to, to make change and kind of like they they really it was just amazing like Luna said like kind of the impacts of that of like you know probably similar to, um so what you felt that you that they were hearing their own experience yeah kind of echoed amongst yeah. the, their peers and i think what you know for people who are currently in prison and who we work with it's difficult for them because they don't have the same access to, to to the feedback which we obviously get and like you know yeah. that that we can see on, on social media, for example. So, as a part of that project, we we put together like um, some kind of feedback for them, which which we'd received. And I think for them, like that was just like they felt like really amazing because maybe perhaps they haven't had that experience of having really positive feedback before, mm. and for them to kind of have it in their own like little little we booklet, made like a little booklet, yeah, little booklet, like, booklet like magazine like,
2: thing um, of
1: just like people, you know, so many different people's views, which is just all so positive and like really like thankful that these experiences that have been shared. Like
2: I think that as well, them hearing that feedback was yeah. really meaningful for mm. them. And I suppose the last point as well, which was unexpected, is people kind of using it as an educational resource. Absolutely. So so actually, on the episode that we did with you about um, UK street gangs, when you explained that kind of hierarchy of a gang, that was that was a really great point for us because we were like, wow, this is so interesting. This is so so great. And then I kind of drew drew an image of it, which ended up being the podcast title. And I we got a message on Instagram from. A teacher who was trying to kind of explain it to her class, and she'd drawn her own version of the kind of podcast Mm. tile and sent us a picture of like a whiteboard, and we were like, okay, this is where it starts to feel like it's got legs and it's a real Mm. thing because people are taking what we've said and actually using it as an educational Mm. thing, which was amazing. Yeah, definitely.
0: And 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 do you know what's mental? That when I said that to you, because you asked me the question like, so. Um, you sort of put me on the spot. You went, so what does it look like? How does the structure work? And what come out of my mouth, what what has been jumped into my head from a kid, you know, older, you know what, what I'm saying. And when I said it, for them to think that other people don't know that, because for me, I don't understand how you don't know that because it's everywhere, but of course they don't. So to know that somebody like yourselves and then teachers are looking look that and using that, we've come together and
1: we've changed something, haven't we? We've, we've done something big. Yeah, definitely. Just wonderful kind of like, yeah, people who kind of work in that, in that kind of environment or have been in that lifestyle obviously know it, but in terms of your average person, like, they just don't have a clue, and kind of like, it's really probably interesting for them to see in that context as well, maybe identify where maybe their students could fit into that hierarchy, or like, you know, if they've got certain suspicions and things, like, it's maybe giving them that kind of visual aid to hopefully assist them as well. Absolutely. And the thing is, I don't think I don't think you two truly realize because I can hear you
0: talking. You gave us a voice. When I say us, I'm talking about everyone that got on there. Um, And I don't know any of your background, but I've always had a voice. Yeah, people are only listening to me now. But the stuff I was telling you, nobody wanted to hear it when it was happening to me. So you'd given me this platform and almost sort of gone. It's okay. It's okay to say it. And then you surrounded me with, with my peers who I didn't know, and they were also saying it were not our fault. And this is what happened to us. You empowered a whole generation because then all of a sudden podcasts were popping up everywhere, and I was like, look at that. They're just copying. It up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's we right. know. Actually, <laughs> in a good way, you know. It was a, it was a time you you give us that voice, and then look how it's gone full circle. Now you're sitting here and I'm saying is that people should listen to your podcast. They are educational. They're good to listen to. They're interesting. But the, I've listened to them all and all of them I could use in different ways. And I have done, I've used them with students. So yeah, you never started out that journey that way, but you definitely have done that. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. That's really that's really great for us to hear.
0: Yeah. One of your podcasts um recently, you're talking about the impact of COVID um in prisons. So what does that look like? Talk to me because I know some young people that are really struggling within prison at the moment. So, but what did you, what did you find?
2: So I think, for, cause it was super early on in, in kind of, I, I, I can't be sure whether we were just in lockdown um, at that point. So there was really a lack of information about what was going on in prisons. Um, so it was something that we felt like we definitely needed to do. But my main takeaway from it, I guess, was just, seeing and kind of hearing from those frontline staff kind of how they were doing their absolute best with the resources that they had so what we didn't want to do is go into all the negatives that were happening inside of the jails we wanted to highlight that you know yes there might be some things that aren't great but actually the people working there should be treated exactly the same as the NHS mm-hmm. their frontline key workers they've got just as tough a challenge as doctors and nurses and it's kind of and they're in that kind of very challenging environment so I think for me it was really highlighting that yeah there was that hope that you that we mentioned earlier and um just that people were trying their absolute best mm-hmm. to, to deal with a really difficult situation so that was really good.
1: Yeah I think like what was really difficult is because you know, us obviously kind of living in in the community, it it was really hard for us just to be locked down, to to not have any contacts, but then how that actually kind of reflects on, that is people in prison's everyday reality. Like they, you know, it's limited from when they can pick up the phone. They can't have always have face-to-face contact with people. It's always monitored, you know, and I think that, I'm not saying that we, had a taste of what it was like for them because still we could take a walk we could go to the park if you have a garden you could sit out but it kind of maybe just maybe could change people's mindsets around actually you know not the rhetoric of prison is a holiday camp like it's actually very tough and tough on everyone including people's families and I think that when prison visits were stopped like the impacts of that is just massive and obviously it had to be done you know in terms of the guidance but that would have been really difficult for families who already have such limited contacts. And I think we just wanted to kind of share that as well and think about think from a different perspective, really, about what that is looking like for, for different groups of people.
0: If you watch, there's one interview I've done with um, Diane Curry, who talks about because um, she works within prisons, she, and she talks about how the future is going to change. You know, visits might not take place the same. and she, So she's clocked that early on and said, actually, how is this going to look for when we can start going back into prisons? Because it's going to be a long term impact. So I think there's more, there's lots more to come out of this, isn't there? We're not going to go back to normal for a long time
2: yeah Yeah. hopefully you know some of the things some of the positives will remain so you know pens and bill installing um in cell phones that that was massively accelerated because of covid and you just think did it take a pandemic for that to be accelerated Mm -hmm. but actually you know that's really (laughs) positive things so there's there's definitely like you know innovations that are happening that should be taken forward as positives and then yeah highlighting some of the the Negatives that really need to be tackled. Yeah. As soon as possible, definitely.
0: Where do you see bird going? Because you had your plan. We had our little um, conference. We were going to have it. All got cancelled. It all got ruined. Yeah. So, in terms of what you've been doing, has your plan changed? What's going to happen?
2: <laughs> so, it's definitely. Well, I'm. I'm not saying it's on pause. So, we absolutely we 're still getting excited about when when things open up again and we can have a big conference and, and really build on the event that we had last year, um, which you featured in virtual form and maybe mm-hmm. maybe who knows like if, it, if the um, restrictions carry on, we maybe, maybe we have to think of a virtual way to do a virtual conference mm-hmm. um, so we're definitely still kind of looking forward to all of those plans, but what we have been doing is working on our second season. Um, and actually, it's been really amazing that how we've used technology there um, in terms of recording with people remotely, similar to this. So um, often we'd go meet people and we'd set yeah. up equipment, but actually it's worked really well just over the phone with certain apps and things that we've been able to use. So we're just full steam ahead, really, of still um, building out season two, and I guess since people have a bit more spare time, that'll help us kind of reach <laughs> reach more people.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: so the world takeover is is still in place, but it's just on pause.
0: <laughs> because I think to stop now or to slow down now would be a mistake. Because you've taken it that far, where people are expecting, they're waiting. They'd like to hear what you've got to say. No one's like bored of it. Anyone I talk to is like, "Have you heard it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, come and listen to this podcast. It's absolutely mental." Oh, about how are you feeling about when we go back to how life was or but go back to what we were doing do you think that you're still going to be able to put the same time and energy into your podcast or do you think it is going to be a case of working with the people that can get involved because you know people are in lockdown now but they're not going to be forever are they what kind of people are you looking to speak to who would you like to speak to this time
1: So I think like in terms of, you know, like us having, obviously we have more spare time now probably, so we have been putting more work into it. But I think like from, from the beginning, like we've both been really passionate about it and like, it doesn't feel like we're kind of doing a second job or anything. It's just like something that we actually enjoy doing and get a real kind of like buzz out of doing. Yeah. We're
2: kind of obsessed with it. Yeah. You know,
1: like if you speak to our families, they're like, it's all you talk about, um, But we've got like a really exciting project kind of which we've just agreed this week where we're going to do a podcast with the kids at the yacht that I work at. Oh my God,
0: that'd
1: be the best! I'm really excited about it because it's something which, you know, is not heard about at all. And I think like when we've kind of been seeing the stuff on the news about, um, you know, the police issues with the the disproportionality, like it's these kids who that really affects. Yeah. And we, you know, like we've seen all the protests, we've seen everything on social media, and we thought this would be something that that we could do to highlight that. And it's and I think it's really important for us to hear young people's experiences. Yeah. And if we think about kind of like the court system, which is obviously mainly white. We're hoping that within um, this podcast, it can be something which can be shared with people like that. Yeah. I think it's so important to hear just first-hand experiences. It's so much more impactful than just hearing like facts, like, hearing facts and stats, mm. but actually hearing how people have been affected. Like I was working with a, a young man who, during um, COVID, has started volunteering for the local food bank. Wow. And he's been, you know he's been kind of going out and, and handing out food parcels and even though he had the organization's t-shirt on he's been stopped and searched on a number of occasions because they you know they had had reason to believe he was acting suspiciously and it's kind of things like that where you think this kid is going out trying to help people in this pandemic mm-hmm. but yet he's still being stopped and searched like why I'm like you know how he must feel about that I think when he's thinking i'm trying to do good but yet still and being you know essentially targeted he might he might feel like and it's kind of that those like snippets of stories which i think that how can that not not resonate with someone yeah so it'd be really great for us to do this project and we're also going to speak to the staff in the yacht as well so i'm just really excited about that yeah i'm just think it's going to be great
2: Kate's like slowly made Bird Podcast of actual full-time <laughs> job now so <laughs> that's it like is it but I to- totally echo what Kate says I think when people until people hear those first-hand accounts yeah. it's very very easy to believe that it isn't happening and to sort of see you know see a process and then the next month you've forgotten about it and I think that's that's the thing that we that was the action that we wanted to take really rather than rather than going out protesting um we decided that we would put it out there on a, on our platform that we that we have
0: yeah. it's very interesting because these conversations have been taking place and i think i've made it well I made it very clear how i stand about the riots everything that's going on but i'm um, growing up in south west london and i just had a conversation with my son all day we have had this conversation i used to watch um random stop and search Daily, So I'd leave work in Lambeth Academy in um, in South West London. I'd walk down the road and on the way home, I'd have to stop at least twice and intervene with one of my kids being stopped and searched. They were always black uh, or mixed race. They were never, ever white. They were never white. And my son was walking down the street once and five kids got stopped. He was one of the he was the sixth child. He was doing exactly the same as them. They were all doing the same thing. And he they didn't even speak to him. So I've I've seen the boys been lined up um and we just spoke just now just funny you say that there was a boy called jay i sent him to the shop on his moped he'd come back as he dropped the eggs off Police run around the corner slammed him on the ground arrested him wouldn't listen to me he'd gone to the shop for me mm. i think it's i think it's people stop pretending it's not happening it's it's you know um black boys are stopped and searched much more than anyone else and that's and that's a fact and i respect that you're putting the voice out there because i just love it I love that you go to them them places that other people won't go
1: to yeah yeah
2: and I think the awareness I suppose of of the age of those people and I think because so, there's a lot of things that I guess I'm looking at in work that it's kind of like hey can we have opportunities in work for different groups of people can we have an internship program can we reach out to universities yeah. and actually what I've been saying is that might be too late like mm-hmm. we might never get to university that it's it's kind of that kind of thing you need to be speaking to people really young Absolutely. so so I think yeah hopefully that podcast will, will really resonate with people especially because of the age of the people mm-hmm. we're going to speak to I'm
0: so excited about that it just it's so needed as well yeah I literally oh. can't be
2: <laughs> you
0: just literally merging your two worlds together you've planned the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so I asked Kate this earlier. You have to watch the other one to see her answer. So it's just (laughs) on you, I'm afraid, Nina. Have you learned anything about yourself or others during lockdown? Now, some people go and look at me and say, no, don't ask me that question. So if you haven't, that's cool. I like to ask people though and put it on them. So what are you saying?
2: So I've learned that I I miss human interaction so much. Like (laughs) I'm a massive extrovert and to be fair I'm a bit of a hybrid extrovert introvert so I feed off like people and my whole job is basically chatting to people (laughs) so going in chatting and I'm kind of kind of like well if half of my job is that what am I going to do in lockdown like I'm not going to be able to have these conversations and talk to people and and you know build relationships So, but what I've actually had to do is just adapt to do that remotely and just, you know, do things on video calls and stuff. And actually I've found that I thought I would have struggled more than I did with being locked down and I've managed to find... I've actually not found it too bad like and so maybe I'm a secret introvert that's that's what I found out about myself
0: (laughs) I think it's good because isn't it interesting and because Kate said the same thing she misses that interaction and if you ask me initially I was like I was born for this I hate people lock me down all day long but um, I need to see my child and my son is far away from me and so lockdown needs to end soon, so he can come home. But if it wasn't that, if he was in the house, or my people were in the house, I'm cool. Lock me down all day, mate. I'm I'm up for it. So I would love to hear. I think everyone has said the same thing. They miss their people.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely.
2: We've been lucky because it's we've we've got us two and our other housemate Catherine. Yeah. So I I think for people who've been on their own in lockdown, yeah. it's much it's much worse. But so we've been doing like, you know, themed parties and trying to like. <laughs> bring the bring the night into the house (laughs) by having like fancy dress parties and things so we've been amazon is our friend for that kind of thing and trying to make the fun where we can and it's important to do that initially i was like i'm not getting
0: involved in nothing but they've had me my friends on zoom quizzes dressed up like i hope it never gets out there but um, i had the best time on them quizzes you know them interactions i well we wouldn't have done this there's no way this interview would be taking place if we weren't in lockdown because I was too busy to think about this, if that makes yeah. sense. There's a win-win for all of us.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: definitely. I'm so pleased you let me in- interview you. Did it go well? Do you think that you've done okay?
2: I hope so. Yeah, I we hope, hope so. so. Of course you think! On <laughs> the other, side, other end of it. Yeah, we, we get getting some empathy for the people we interview and they because they do feel quite nervous but we're always kind of like oh it's fine we'll edit it and we'll edit it and, and it's good but I think the mix of video and recording because when we we're talking to people we could just be kind of like in our pajamas yeah. <laughs> and like it's fine but this is a bit more like you have to be aware of more things because they're like oh oh <laughs>
0: everyone needs to watch bird podcast everyone needs to take part so can you say goodbye to everyone please
2: Bye, bye everyone